All right. Oh, hey. Yeah, what's up? We're here. We've got episode six. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad we finally made it this far. It's uh, We're at the end of our journey. Just about the end of our Bright Invention ensemble interview. We've, we've really saved the best for last. Shall we bring him in? <laughs> and so joining us today on the uh, Improv by Bright Invention, we're going to talk to the person behind Bright Invention, the person turning the gears and oiling the, the joints. Yes. I want to just see how many of these you can come up with. I'm just staying silent. I'm improv. <laughs> like, Ding, find another one. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, we're interviewing Ben today. Ben Lloyd, our artistic director and yes. founder. So, hey, Ben, come on video. Hello. Yes. <laughs> yes. Turning the wheels. He's oiling yes. the machine. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, my, my mental image was like a human-sized hamster wheel with, like, connected to a light bulb. It feels like that <laughs> some days. It definitely right? feels like that some days. Well, welcome. Uh, we saved you for last because you're the big kahuna. And, uh, load up the pressure. Just load it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Load it up. Best for last. Big kahuna. Just tell us profound things. <laughs> I just want to make sure I like I fall from a from a steep height. Yeah. <laughs> but before before we get into our conversation, let's uh, say something amazing. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means you're on the internet. And if you're on the internet, that means you can check out our Twitter, our Instagram, our YouTube, and our Patreon, and the official website. Look at all those glorious links below. Click them, go to them, and experience happiness. Subscribe. Wow, are you rhyming? You're getting so good at those. You're like rhyming. You've it's... got like the official cadence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, impressive, man. That's good. That's good. So be sure to click and visit uh, Bright Invention for all your Bright Invention needs and improv needs. See, you screwed me up now. Now I'm off. Yeah. I'm, off I'm out. I'm on a character. We've psyched right. you out. So right. yeah, <clears throat> Ben. Yeah. You you made bright invention. What were you thinking? I know it's all my fault. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault. Oh God. Um, well, I guess we should let your gentle listeners know that bright invention used to have a different name. Oh yes, back in the in long, long time ago. Back in the 20s or 30s, yeah. The yeah. aughts. Uh, it used to be called White Pines Productions. Um, oh, R.I.P. And that was the original nonprofit I created because I directed a play um, in 2009 that was written by my friend Bill DeCanzio. The play was called Johnny Has Gone for a Soldier. It starred Philadelphia notables, Amanda Schoonover, Paul Nicholas, Marcia Saunders. Uh, I'm forgetting the lover. I think it was Noah Drew. Was it Noah? All right. Anyway, yeah, I think it was Noah Drew. Um, original music by Chris Colucci and Terry Rambo. Uh, so that happened. And in the play, the two lovers meet 
at a community, fictional community college in New Hampshire called White Pines Community College. Huh. Okay. That's why it was White Pines Productions. So there's the name. I, I, you know, the truth is that um, all of this is basically an ongoing midlife crisis for me. Um, I thought about hookers and blow. Uh, some it's been that, done. I, well, some of that I had already done before. I'm not going to tell you which one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it turns out actually starting your own nonprofit is just as dangerous and hair raising um, as hookers and blow. So I was going to say it takes over your life the same way. It does. And you can't stop thinking about it. You get it. it, it yeah. That's, um, um, I mean, people, people say, people who talk about improv all the time, they're like, God, you guys are like a cult or something. You're really like, you're like pushing improv and people are like, yeah, yeah. You want to do some right now? You want to play a game? You're just jealous. Yeah. You want to know the secret handshake. Exactly. Um, you know, the truth is I was tired of being um, a scripted actor, which is what my, all of my training is in. And um, I was just, I was just um, burnt out. Um, mm -hmm. I had a pretty good thing going in Philadelphia for a while, um, but I, it suddenly became clear to me that um, it was unsustainable economically. Um, and I began to feel exploited. Yeah. I began to feel like I was, sometimes I was like, the only reason I'm doing this is the health insurance is such a horrible thing to say about you know an activity that you spent your life studying for and, and mm -hmm. um anyway i just it was sort of like a now or never thing like I, you know i would i've been walking around with like the, all these big ideas about there's got to be a different way to do this it's got to be a different way to do this and and then um <clears throat> when i say do this i mean create a sustainable life for yourself as a performing artist yeah, and I will say the one of the mo things I'm most grateful for is being a part of White Pines and Bright Adventure has been the opportunities not just to perform as an improviser, but you know, throw teaching opportunities and you know, yeah. opportunities to kind of dip my fingers into things I never thought I'd be involved in, like corporate training, you know, being able to get involved, you know, teaching people with special needs, and it's just it's been you know such a great learning and professional development opportunity as well as you know the most consistent creative outlet of my adult life <laughs> it makes me really happy to hear you say that shay um i like I, I i like to think of bright invention as a kind of professional development playground for amazing young artists the thing that i noticed and i'm sure you've noticed this too is that we all have these different skills you're an amazing drawer. You know, you're amazing graphic design. Oh yeah, and now I make stuff for us. And you make stuff for us. Um, Eric is a producer and, and musician and, and this podcast was his initiative, which is so amazing. Um, so I wanted to create a vestal that would be flexible enough to allow the artists involved to grow in different ways and, 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 and develop skill sets that they can actually earn money doing yeah you know and feel like it's not one of the most terrible things is that as an actor you know you get a job as a fill in the blank you know um a massage therapist or something and 
or whatever it is and you feel like you're somehow compromising and that's never been how I felt about it. I feel like it's a victory if you can make ends meet as a performing artist, however you do it, you're winning, mm -hmm. you're winning. Yeah. Um, then Bobby Block cast me in an improv show and the rest is history. Ah, I was going to say there, coming into, coming into improv. Yeah. And Bobby Block also kind of, you know, brings in the long form approach, which when most people think, oh, improv, I got into improv, they think, whose line is it anyway? Or people, a lot of people who get into improv in Philly, is, it's, it's through fit and comedy sports. So you kind of came in the back end. Well, uh, yeah. And I, I mean, I had no idea what these distinctions meant. I had all of the stereotypical like opinions or conceptions of what improv was. Um, and her idea was to take six script-based actors from the Philadelphia theater community, put us through a three-week boot camp in long-form improvisation, and then throw us up on stage at the Arden Theater for three nights for the Fringe Festival, which is exactly what she did. <clears throat> um, and I was a part of that group and Megan Hollinger and, um, Oh, and I shouldn't have started doing this because now I have to remember everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to. Got to have uh, a key we've card. Trapped you. Joe Guzman, Catherine Slusser. Uh, anyway, and two other amazing, fabulous, incredible people who I'm totally blanking on. Right we have now. to figure out how to add a scroll. Like the last time I was talking about, you know, X and Z words for alphabet game, you need like a credits scroll. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Figure out how it works. Anyway, to make a long story short, that experience in 2007, 2008 under Bobby's direction was both the most terrifying and the most kind of satisfying and consequential experience for me as an actor up to that point. And I left it determined to have this kind of improv be a part of my life somehow, but I didn't know how. And then, um, Fast forward to 2013, and I was at a point where I was ready to actually create an improv group, but I knew that I didn't have the skills to be the director or the coach. So I hired one of Bobby's main actors from Tongue and Groove, Jennifer McMillan, to come and be our artistic director and our coach. And so the first three years of the Bright Invention Ensemble, I was, in a, I was an actor in a company that Jennifer ran, I guess it was really two and a half years. Right. Um, and uh, I, did you guys ever work with Jen? I can't remember. No, I think I came on I like shortly after she was gone. I came in in 20, what, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Never met. She was amazing. Um, she was amazing. And she actually created three original forms. If we ever get back to, um, you know, in person performance, I'd love to dust them off and, and do them because they're. You willing to try that? Yeah. Try, try anything. I don't care. Love trying. I mean, I care. Forms. I care. That's why I'll try anything. That's <laughs> yes. You'll try anything because you care, not because you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this has been a great experience. So kudos. And yeah. Thank you for all the opportunities. The most interesting stuff to be doing. And it kind of, I always think it's really interesting. The kind of what we do marries like two halves of the kind of training I received in college because like the comedy improv world and like the theater world were very separate in a lot of ways. And a lot of what, you know, the theater major we focused on was 
devising theater and kind of avant-garde things and and but the improv was very you know short for me whose line is it anyway kind of stuff and so I find that like half of what we do it's like marrying kind of improv stuff with devising and you know we're not afraid to like what like the time we're like what if we just did improv shows in the round and we experimented with that for a while and that was really cool and when we did dinner theater and improv that kind of has that experimental feel that's very satisfying artistically you know i feel like um we as a culture as an artistic community have only just started to scratch the surface of what long-form improvisation can be you know yeah um and uh and i one of the things that's exciting about being a part of bright invention is um just like you say i mean i think i think I want to make I want to make sure that we all feel like we can come to a, a practice and go. I have this crazy idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and that there will, there'll be space for that. You know, I mean, right now with the pandemic, who knows? But um, we're just trying to conquer the internet here. That's right. Really, it's what we're planning. I mean, about. if if you can make it on the internet, you can make it anywhere. That's what Abraham Lincoln says. I thought it was Frank Sinatra. Absolutely, it was Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Oh, it's Frank Sinatra. I thought it was Gandhi. I don't know. Oh, it might have been Gandhi. Yeah, he was big into the internet. Gandhi knew how to do it, man. Yeah, he could create a meme. That guy. He helped me set up my MySpace page. Did he really? Yeah. Did he? Did he charge you for it though? No, that's he's a good. He's a good person. I had all the sparkles in the background and everything. A song like I had three songs playing as soon as you click on my link. Oh, playlist. Was your cursor a kind of cursor? Like a like It was a ma- it was a magic wand that had the trails coming after it. I, I missed I missed the whole MySpace thing. I you didn't I miss anything. Yeah, I was gonna say you did not miss much. <laughs> it's yeah. Facebook did what MySpace it it streamlined MySpace and made it more just usable, user friendly. Yeah. MySpace was just you know, it was a cesspool. It's like the cantina in Star Wars. <laughs> like everybody is just doing their own thing. Like it's just mayhem. That's what you know, I think. Someone, someone gets dismembered. Everyone just kind of uh, goes back to their drink. You know, Twitter. That's Twitter, right? Yeah, I was gonna say Twitter. Yeah, that's the new toxic place to go. So. I hate but Twitter. There's good. There's good places to go. I mean, we have a Twitter. Yeah, so I was gonna say that's a, that's a good wholesome place. Just don't don't go on the Twitter journey and you'll be okay. Listeners, if you need a refuge from the terrors of Twitter, come to the Bright Invention Twitter page. Learn all about our shows and programs. Yep, we make announcements. We talk about improv. That's basically what we do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're a. I mean, for the people listening and or watching, or watching. I mean, what is your acting background, Ben? I know you're like a, a well-studied actor. Oh, yes. What's your, um, what's your actual like, training? I'm a celebrity in my own mind. Um, so I have this, I have this um, yeah, this sort of fancy pedigree. <clears throat> um, I went to Yale for seven years in Ooh. a row. Um, in a row? In a row. Uh, first as an undergraduate and a theater studies major. Uh, and then because we were all panicking, like, now what do we do with this ridiculous degree? 
and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to denigrate it. It's actually a wonderful degree. But um, so we all auditioned for drama schools because we just, um, we meaning like my actor friends, undergraduate. Um, and, um, you know, and I had barely knew what a drama school was really, but I knew that Yale had one. Um, and I knew that Meryl Streep went there, I guess. I think I knew. Oh, that. yeah. Ooh. I was yeah. going to say, that's the official kind of stamp of approval. Yeah. The Streep, yeah. Wherever she Yeah. Good. Everyone's like, oh, oh, of course. And then the gossip went around that, A, the drama school never uh, picks a person right out of college. They want older actors. In mm. And B, they never pick, like, students from Yale College because they don't want it to appear that they're like, that it's like a feeder program for the drama school. So, so I went into my audition for the Yale Drama School completely convinced I didn't have a prayer. Um, and I remember I fucked up my, my first piece. No, no, um, I, did, I did well with my first piece, which was a comic piece from um, The Tooth of Crime by Sam Shepard. And lo and behold, they were laughing behind the table. So instantly my heart started going bum, 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 bum. I was like, I think I just nailed that. I think I just nailed that. Oh so, no. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I started my classical piece, which was from Hamlet, and um, I instantly fucked up the first like five lines. And this is the moment where I think I actually saved, this might be the moment where I got into the drama school. I actually had the presence of mind to stop. Hmm. Say, I'm sorry. Um, can I start again? And they all went, yeah, yeah, go ahead, start again. Um, so that's that great sort of, I think when you study auditioning and you hear people say, you know, they actually really want you to do well. Yeah. That's true. You know, um, look, I was somehow one of the 16 things they were looking for that year. And they, they and they, and they took me. So Only 16 people get in. That's correct. No. Wow. <laughs> 10 men and six women. And usually two, the ratio was uh, two of those 10 men need to be um, people of color. And one of those six women needs to be a person of color. I like how they have, they like, how did they somehow calculate that? And they're like, be like, hm, 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 that seems okay. This math makes sense. Like who decides that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know that was really a hard and fast ruler. That's just sort of yeah. like what we figured out by looking at each class. Like, huh, each class has three black people and 10. Huh. Women. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And saying that like you being the undergrad Yale that gets into the drama school, sometimes they have to have the exception that proves the rule. Maybe. So they can go, see, we do it sometimes. That's that's the when you start Maybe thinking about just that auditions. Good. Yeah. Like in the past, you can go down such a rabbit hole. But I was the baby in my class. I was, yeah, the youngest person in my class. So. I was so, say we need somebody to play all the young roles. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting on a play or something, wouldn't you need a young person at some point? Yeah, I mean that's part of what they're doing. All of these conservative, all of these conservatory programs, they're looking at who's graduating. In fact, we used to do this. We'd sit around the bar, the graduate student bar, and figure out who in the class that just graduated did we replace. And we'd, uh. need, we'd need like the older actors around who actually knew who had just graduated. Okay. And they, they literally told me, this guy, he's like, you're the new, and I forget his name now, but you're, you're the new him. 
So they're That's like putting, so real. They're putting together this like company of whatever it is. Uh, what's sixteen times three? Can't do the math. Forty something. Our people. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like yeah. reaching for my phone calculator. Like, so I had a good audition, but I was also what they were looking for that year. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just kind of the truth of of all auditions. Very true. Very true. I have no acting background. Eric, you no act in plays now. I was gonna say. I have now no, you do. Like, I have no you formal training. Plays. So it's uh. You're, I mean, just, it's, you're just that good. That's that's your thing. No, like all of this, like the audition stuff and the, you know, you're going through. I was watching like some uh, chat with Bozeman, some of his stuff from uh, Howard, like from him acting. Yeah. And he had, like, I didn't know it was, like, this acting was, like, this intense. And it, apparently it's super competitive. Like, yeah. like, cutthroat competitive. Yeah, that's a, somebody, there was some post, I always, like, I always talk about, oh, so I saw this post the other day because this is all I do in quarantine now. But someone was saying something like, why don't they make, you know, design a the, you know, conservatory theater programs for the industry we want to see and not make every class the Hunger Games for theater kids. That's, and that's so real. And so, you know, in retrospect, in many ways, Yale, the Yale Drama School did this amazing job of like training me up as a conservatory actor. You know, I can break down Shakespearean text. I can, I, I know what the phonetic alphabet looks like, but they did nothing to prepare me for what the actual real life of being an actor is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I felt, I feel that a lot. Yeah. In a lot of ways as well, though, I didn't have a conservatory thing. I had a very interesting middle of the road thing that had me end up with a bachelor of science, not a bachelor of arts or bachelor of fine arts. So, and this is, I'm very proud of this. My parents are filled with deep ambivalence that I literally have a BS degree in theater. BS. <laughs> it's amazing. It's. That's perfect. <laughs> yep. It's probably BS degrees. It's, yeah, it's, it's excellent. And also, weirdly enough, I think it's like my college and the chem and chem majors would graduate with their Bachelor of Arts in chemistry. We're like, oh, we traded. It was fine. It has to do with the number of hours you, I think it had to do with the number of hours you spend in the studio. Okay. As opposed to like class, like more of like a sit down in a classroom class. It's like, it's something about like hours and number of credits. I don't know. I don't remember what the exact thing was, but between BA and BFA is and BS. You, you have to spend a ton of time there to like just get the credits for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I tell you what you don't have to spend a ton of time to do, to go to brightinvention.org and check out our About Us, our ensemble and tickets, and the creative corporate training. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and our newly established Patreon page. Come on and donate. Check out the links below, and you'll find all your information there. Back hey, Eric, you, tell the <laughs> listeners what cool stuff they get when they become members of, page, of our Patreon. Oh, heavens to Betsy, you will be swimming in exclusive items. I was just shown a nice Bright Invention water bottle the other day. Uh, actually, when I, picked it, when I picked it up, a giant boulder chased me down the street, so I had to put it back. <laughs> but we have Bright Invention. We also have shirts. There's different levels, light levels, because we're going with the theme of Bright. Yep. So 
I'm actually going to pull up the Patreon right now so I can quote everything. Unless and you- while, while Eric's doing that, I just want to point out that our first level on Patreon is just a mere $2 a month. That's the kind of, that's less than the minimum charge for iCloud storage from Apple. That's something you can get charged and you just completely forget about it. You forget it's there. It's not Did even I a hear thing. that right? $2 a month? $2 a month. That's you can like- you can be on our Patreon. You can be you can be a person that we shout out to. That's eight point one seven five six three cents per day. Wow! Did you do that in your head just now? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. We also we also will uh, t- math tutor you if you need it. But for the two dollars a month, you get a great shout out during one of our shows. Our next show is September twelfth. Oh, weekend. Uh, for $5 a month, we have uh, Improv Playgrounds. That's when we invite you to come play with us. The playgrounds are so fun. They're it's, the best. And I don't just say that because I host them frequently, but they're the best. And you get yourself a Bright Invention sticker, too. Slap that on your refrigerator, your F-150, or your dartboard. And for $10, <laughs> you get exclusive <laughs> video content. <laughs> no, no, no. Not the dart, but like the case. The case around a dark world. For $10, you get a Bright Invention coffee mug because we all know you you don't have to use it for coffee. You can use it for tea if you want, or you can use it for water. Um, and you get to inspire long-form shows with deep gets. That's me. We'll send out a question, and you can give an honest response to it, and then we'll use that information to kind of generate content in the show. Yes, and it will end up on a slideshow at the beginning of the show as well. Yes, so check out patreon.com slash bright invention and subscribe today. So, so Eric, when you mentioned the date of our next show, I couldn't help but notice, hey, Ben, that's the day after our birthday. Wait, Shay, you and I are birthday buddies, aren't we? We are, and we have such a fucked up birthday. It's we wonderful. We do. We- <laughs> Why, what happened? What happened? Um, <laughs> just, I was like, how far do we walk? Oh, there was a little, a little dust up. In the- <laughs> a little <laughs> dust up. I don't know, like a fraction of a coronavirus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bad. And then nine eleven babies. That's us. Yes. Anyway, so how do you deal with that, knowing that you just—I mean, even if you don't want to be showered with praise on your birthday. Just knowing that people are going to be aren't as concerned with your birthday as they are they would be with what happened in two thousand and one. So, as a child at that time, I had there were like several years where I had to like not have my birthday party too near my birthday because people <laughs> would just be like, "I don't feel right celebrating then," and and every time we'd be like, "Oh my god, did you lose someone? What happened?" No. I'm just sad for America. Oh, yeah, I had people tell me I should just change my birthday. And I no. said, my standard res- response was, no, because then the terrorists win. You don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. No, you don't change your birthday. Yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say, do you, do you remember the day? Like, were you awkwardly caught kind of in the middle of a celebration? Or, I mean, I have a weird story, because weird um, things happen to kids. My, my story is that my, my wife and eldest son were, 
it's a little weird. They were actually in New York City. Huh. Um, they Oof. had been visiting her sister, my ex-sister-in-law. Um, and lucky for me, because it was my birthday, they got an early start driving back. Huh. So when the horrible shit started happening, they were already, I think they were through the tunnel at that point. Oh, thank um, goodness. I got a phone call from somebody at People's Light where we were both working a bunch then um, saying, is, is Susan in New York right now? And I was like, uh, she's on her way back. And she said, and this woman said, you should probably turn on the TV set. So oh. I sat there and watched it happen as they were driving home. And then right after they came home, I think the second tower came down right after they came home. So. Wow. Just, wow. Wow. Yeah, so my, my dad was actually, he was supposed to be working in New York that day because during that period of time, he would usually spend a lot of the week in New York City for work and then come back. But he came back early for my birthday and so happened to not be in New York that day. But my story is mess, messed up funny things from a child perspective. Yes, it's funny like Jojo Rabbit is funny sometimes where I... Because I was in third grade and it was my ninth birthday, teachers didn't, I mean, clearly just did not know what to tell little kids and the school kind of had a policy like, okay, we let the families tell the kids, we don't say anything. So this was my ninth birthday and this was the first year I had baked my own cupcakes to bring to school for snack time for my birthday snack. I was really proud of myself because they were super cool. They were cupcakes in ice cream cones and then the icing made them look like ice cream cones. I was really so proud of myself. And so, you know, pass out the snacks. Snack time is like 9 a, like around the one it's having 9 a.m. ish and about like shortly thereafter kids start being taken home they just kind of but it's like you know nobody's explaining anything to the children so from my perspective you know a little while after I feed everybody I know the beautiful cupcakes that I have made myself people Aww. start to disappear one by one and I, as a nine-year-old little anxious child, become convinced that they have been poisoned <laughs> by my cupcakes. And so I asked the teacher, I'm like, why is everyone going home? And the teacher's like, um, which as a kid, yeah, you see that hesitation, you know that they're trying to come up with a lie. <laughs> just confirms that you're a Ex Exactly. So I'm like, I have poisoned them. The teacher's trying to spare my feelings right now, but I know the truth. So I just get increasingly upset, panicky, and my like my my both of my parents were where my mom was working so i didn't get home that early finally by the time i get home then my parents are like you know gently like take me and be like okay something's happened in new york you know dad came home this and that but my immediate nine-year-old kids are kind of sociopathic reaction was oh thank goodness i haven't poisoned dad <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was Damn. my story of the day where i spent a good three hours it was like i've murdered my classmates <laughs> Jeez. but yeah they, um, anyway 
So that, are you going to try to take your birthday back? I mean, so have fun again. The year, the year they actually caught Osama bin Laden, and the 9/11 of that year, I was in college, and the whole campus went insane and partied for that, and that was like. The, like the first time my actual birthday on the day was like it was that was like the whole campus was partying that's cool and that was after years of like moving birthday party plans and like people were like but but you should you really should you really be celebrating like i know it's your birthday but and i'm like you don't get to tell me anything unless you know you actually have somebody a connection to the tragedy right i just yeah. The co-opting of that Damn. makes me mad. <laughs> I don't think I had, I don't have anything special happen on my birthday. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, no, wait. The Nazi march <laughs> when they ran over the, the lady and killed the lady, Heather. Or something, oh my God. That was on my birthday. I'm not trying to. I'll, no, I'll I was going to say that's still like, oh. But we, we, we're, we're birthdays of tragedy. Yeah, we're wounded people. Yeah, deeply wounded. No, Jesus, no, it's an actual thing. But anyway, Ben, that's the story I told that time I substituted your improv class, and we oh, needed a, a deep get, like a long story prompt for right. an Armando, and that's that it. produced one of the best Armandos I've ever seen. Francine is the serial killer. Yes. Yeah. Who now I can tell you because spoilers. Who would poison people with cupcakes? What's an Armando for people that are just listening? An Armando is um, a long form that was designed by a man. I believe his name is Armando Diaz, and um, I believe he taught at I.O. West. Doesn't matter. Um, the idea is that a person, like a guest, tells a first-person story that's true about their lives. And um, out of that story, the ensemble then creates a series of scenes that's inspired by aspects of that story. Um, and I, I saw Upright Citizens Brigade uh, do this with a special guest. <clears throat> um, and it was really fast, yeah. it was really fast, a lot of tap outs. So that just came into my head of what an Ar Ar Armando is and that's what I taught you guys because I had just seen yes. that on stage. So. Our Armando is tilts towards short form, um, but it does have it, it does have that um, that actual story from a person's life. Yeah, and it, it does have the long form sense where all of the all of the scenes take place in the same kind of world and continuity. So even if it's a bunch of short scenes, it does usually end up developing a larger if not so much a larger storyline, a larger context. I think, a, I think a great Armando is like a great piece of abstract art where, hmm. where it's not like, like a Herald or the Sun and Its Planets has this narrative arc, which is awesome and, and fun and really hard to do well. But a great Armando is like, it's like these little sort of pieces and you know they're all connected somehow and then when you sort of make those connections, you laugh and it's delightful, but they're, they're not necessarily linear. They're not necessarily. Uh, you know. I was going to say a good Armando is like love actually. I was going to say Pulp Fiction. <laughs> well, everything's happening here. Kind of, yeah. You kind of got to put everything together yourself. Okay. Yeah. 
kind of a bunch of stuff is happening at once and some of it is connected but most of it isn't but everyone's in the same universe Mm -hmm. so uh ben when you're not improv uh what else are you into what else do you uh do to get your motor running deep in prayer deep in prayer yes okay i live a very ascetic life (laughs) okay well a lot of fasting and um, okay. What is that thing you do when you whip yourself? I'm gonna say, Ben, you can't just call yourself a, mul- a monk because you're bald. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the interesting thing, or the truth is, that when, if you're, and I'm lucky, I'm so lucky, so let me just put that out there. I am so lucky that I get to wake up in the morning and, and, and do something that I love to do, that I created, and I do it with a bunch of amazing people like you. Um, that's such a gift in today in today's day and age. And um, when you're at the front end of something, uh, especially if it's something that you created, you're never not at work. Never. Like I have to, a day off for me is a day where I, I force myself not to open my laptop. Mm. And that's really hard because I have this stupid thing. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the iPhone has it's, ruined it's that. Yeah, it's sort of pointless in some ways. But, um, you know, I'm, 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 I have two older children. I have a 21-year-old and a 17-year-old. And so that's a, a part of what's, you know, a part of my life. Um, and I um, recently began training for and competing in triathlons. Ooh. Which is outrageous. That's just outrageous. Because say I've done I've done like cross country team, I've done some team biking. No, but like I'm like the just doing more than one of those things at one time, it exhausts me thinking about it. It's actually a perfect representation of my neuroses, in a way, because <laughs> my neuroses is all about trying to do too much. Like, you know, like that. I make most of my bad mistakes when I'm trying to do too much. So triathlon is a perfect example of that. It's like, this is for me. Yeah, it's like, you know, the funny thing is that, back to Yale, my best friend in undergrad at Yale was a man named Jim McLaren, who was recruited by Yale to play defensive end on football, on the football team and and, and to be a lacrosse player. Um, And he was this, extraordinary physical specimen, 6'4", 265 pounds, um, jet black hair and blue eyes. That combination is killer. Looks like, looks like Bruce Wayne. And you know the lady. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, turned out that he actually liked acting more than he liked football. Wow. <laughs> uh, he, and I, he and I ended up in, you know, all of the upper level acting classes together and discovered we had this curious you know, you meet somebody and you're definitely not the same person. You know, it's not like, oh, we're the same person. It was not that. But it was like, there was something where we're like, I get you. Yep. I get you. And we both knew that about each other. We got each other on some level, you know? My one spring break trip I ever had was with Jim McLaren, where we were financially irresponsible in many different ways. <laughs> And, Isn't that uh, always what the best vacations are? Oh, yeah. You know what they used to do? Visa used to send college students visa cards. They just would send you a visa card and yep. say, start spending. 
Yeah. So Jim and I are like, okay. Let's go <laughs> you know? uh, so we oh, went no. Florida, yeah. And had, and had, you know, the standard cliche spring break experience. Um, anyway, Jim and I both auditioned for schools, drama schools at the same time. I got into the Yale drama school and Jim was waitlisted. So he went to New York to, you know, live the life in New York and take some acting classes and ride his motorcycle, whereupon he got hit by a, by a New York City bus, um, nearly died and lost his left leg from the knee down. Shit. Holy shit. Um, and that was like October. By January, he was fitted with a prosthetic and re-auditioned for the drama school with a prosthetic a and tough, got in. A tough dude. Yeah. Right yeah. Wow. And so we spent two years at the drama school together. Uh, and at that, during his time at the drama school, he became fascinated by trying to move around the limits of his own body, basically. Hmm. And that led him to triathlon. Yeah, I was going to say, nothing pushes your limits. I will also say, also, doing, like, marathon triathlon training while in theater school, my theory, which is when I accidentally stumbled my way finally into a sport I had some kind of aptitude for, which was running. That's great. And I was like, singing lessons trained me for this by accident. Oh, yeah, because it's so a brain, I, right? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like all kind of theater training, especially in theater school, where you're like, why are you going to school for deep breathing? But it's like, you're, ac <laughs> you're just accidentally marathon training. Man, we should all go to school for deep breathing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jim discovered that triathlon was more interesting to him than acting. And hmm. he became um, the world record holder for disabled Ironman triathletes. Wow. That's crazy. You wanna hear the rest of the story? It's theater school. It's cause yeah. he went to theater school while marathon training. While competing in a triathlon in California, he was hit by a van on his bike. Are you kidding me? Flew off the bike, his neck hit a signpost and he became a paraplegic. That's terrible. Damn, is he okay? Jim has the worst. Okay. Love. And that yeah. was 1990, 1990, 91. Um, and he spent a couple of years deciding whether he wanted to live or die. And um, decided he wanted to live. And he developed a new mantra. And his mantra is, I am not my body. Huh. And he became a motivational speaker. What's and his name again? He won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award from ESPN in 2005. That's crazy. I was gonna say, yeah, what's his name again? Cause they're like, we're like, all right, we're typing this up. We're gonna yeah. put him in the description yeah. now. Just we're gonna shout him out. Jim McLaren, just Google it. Um, he died, huh. he died in 2011, I think. Oh God, I'm so sorry, Ben. Yeah, um, he ended up actually close to me uh, outside of Lancaster. Um, he, part of what was going on with him is that um, his body couldn't fight off all the, all the infections anymore. Mm. Um, and ultimately that's what got him. So he was bedridden for the last like two years of his life. It's kind of sad, but I went to visit him. 
outside of Lancaster and we would hang out and he would remember passages from David Mamet plays that we, did, that we were in scenes that we did in you know scenes together just he just yeah like he he was all there it was amazing hmm. um anyway I wrote I, I I wrote and delivered the eulogy at his at his um memorial service so you can uh, read more about him uh, at my own private blog which is called showman shaman uh, we'll make Show sure we put shaman. that in the links yep. below jim is inspirational like yeah. no matter what happened he he kept pushing and he, no excuses yeah you lose your leg and then do a triathlon yeah I there's mean, no I, excuse for you, for anyone not yeah. to do anything he's I, he is i mean i he is that person that i when things are bad i, re, I literally think thought about him while i was in my last triathlon and the reason mm -hmm. i started doing triathlons is i mentioned to, to the guy that it was my trainer for a while i told this story to him and he was like ben this is what your training has been all about, but you never knew it. You're going to start competing in triathlons to honor your friend, Jim. Huh? And I was like, I like the way that sounds. <laughs> but my body says. But my legs uh, wait a minute. Yep. Here I am. So it actually happened. Well, Damn, that's that is, brilliant. That is all, yeah. awesome. Jeez. Uh, Jim is inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that with us. You know, if you're listening to this, you know, and you feel down and out and you feel like you can't go on, just think about Jim McLaren. Yep. Like, he pushed through, you know. Damn. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All, right. Let's, All right. Let's talk about something funny. Come I was going to say. Yeah. That was going? a summary <sighs> moment. Your show. I was gonna say we can't we can't end on that note. We can't. End. I just brought it down. I was gonna say we're bringing it back. Let's bring it back to poop shows and ambient toilet noise. That's <laughs> how Young and the Restless ends on a Friday to keep you hanging on all weekend, and then That's you come back do. Monday and it goes back. So I, what I want to know is how did like poop become the bright invention sort of trademark in our shows? Like, how did that happen? I Everybody poops. Yep, I was gonna so say the most. Everybody can relate, I guess. Do we like have a series of rehearsals where it just kept coming up or something? I don't even know. It happens so sporadically, but when the mood hits us, we're just all sim simultaneously inspired. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, like, just, I don't know why the poop shows stick out in my mind, but probably because every time we're after, we're like, oh, damn it, we did it again. It wasn't <laughs> even bad, and but it, we did it again. It transitions into that so smoothly, like, you don't even know it until it's over. You're in the middle of the improv, and you're staring at your partner going, oh my God, we're talking about poop again. Again. Yep. But it's... It's some. I mean, we've tried it's a gift to gift that keeps that. on giving. <laughs> In so many ways, it happens more. It's like when you're trying not to, mm -hmm. because, because that's all you can think about. Yeah, it's, it's just... no. But we all we we do a variety of things. So if you come you come for the improv, stay for the poop if you want. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say if we manage to bring poopy, heavier. If we manage to bring heavier context to it, that in itself is an achievement. <laughs> because it it can be a ser you can make it serious in like a long form scene or something. If like, if there comes a day that we can add true emotional weight to a poop show, I will be so proud of us. 
if someone if someone's dying of dysentery. <laughs> let's, let's be intentional, man. Let's set a goal for yep. for the for the show this coming Saturday. Right. right. Oh, oh, I was going to say, are we speaking this into existence? By the time this airs, the show will have already happened. So will it? Oh, yeah, because we're yeah. a day behind. Yeah. Yeah, we're a week. Oh, behind. man, that poop joke you made, Shay, was incredible. Right. Like, oh, my God. Oh, why? No, thank you. No, but what we want to be is like, when she brought up the poop, that's when I started crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so touching. It was so touching. <sighs> that song. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do dramatic poop acting. Dramatic, dramatic poop improv. I was going to say, our middle of the show is going to be dramatically reading the Amazon reviews for sugar-free, off-brand Haribo gummy bears. Those are good gummy bears. Yep. They're good gummy bears. You can poison your class with that. They don't want to <laughs> you celebrate. can. And they don't want to celebrate your birthday. You can poison a room full of third graders. No, don't do Just that. Just don't do that. <laughs> we don't. Uh, yeah. We here at Bright Adventure do not promote. Not necessarily represent those. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. We do not promote poisoning third graders. If you do, immediately call poison control. I want to have like a flash again, like things that's like dreaming of adding things in post, a flashing warning light that says, this is a bit. <laughs> I feel like we need that for like the internet of today. Like, just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right because there is someone who's been laughing all along, and then we do something that hits close to home for them, yeah. and then it's suddenly we're making statements. I mean, I don't want yeah. anybody to die from dysentery. I shouldn't have to say that. I was going to say, I'm like, hey, we've been speaking <laughs> irreverently about 9-11 for the whole time. Yeah, not joking about it. I no, mean, no. tragedy. We're speaking irreverently about our birth. About ourselves, yeah. yes. It's, about let, the weird absurdities of yes. that. We can admit that it's a true tragedy that your birthday was taken away from you <laughs> by terrorists. But you know what, George the real. Bush- George Bush stuck up for you, and he went to war for you. So uh, that was for you. Uh, no, gross. Right. Well, we're nearing the hour-long mark right here. Um, we're doing it. Remember when we're like, "This is these are just going to be quick half-hour things." I don't know like, what happened. We just went to an hour. No, we're improv people. We're we've trained ourselves to make hour-long shows. We just keep going. And yes, but. Uh, ben, do you, I mean, all your plugs are our plugs, but do yeah. you have anything else you want to plug? You said you had a blog. You can plug that and we toss that in the links below. Yeah, the, the, my blog is kind of moribund. I mean, I do most of my online writing at the Bright Invention blog, okay. which you can check out at our website, www.brightinvention.org, and then click on the blog link if you Improv blog. In, yeah. Um, no, we do two shows a month online. Um, the second Saturday is the sun and its planets and it's long form and it's deep relationships and it's funny, but it's also wistful and nostalgic and it can be all different kinds of feelings. And then on oh, the yeah. fourth Saturdays, we do asteroids, which is just over the top fun audience engagement games. Yeah. Things. Kind zany, of zany delight. Get our yayas out there. Right. Yeah. Right, Shay, do you have anything you need to plug? Um, I think we plugged the we did plug the fall classes last last episode, but those are still coming up. Yeah, they're still coming up. 
in October. Eric, do you have the website in front of you for, for exact dates? But we've got Improv One, taught by me and Amy Goldstein. We've Begins got September 29th. September 29th. That's the early bird one, because it's Improv One. Number one comes first on the docket. We've got Improv Two. Begins October 3rd. Thank no. you. <gasps> mean Girls. Okay. Oh, I was going to say Mean Girls Day, Ben. October 1st. Ah. Okay, October 1st. And then we have Acting Out with me and Kirsten and Ben. That begins October. October 4th. Yeah. You guys keep getting me excited for Mean Girls Day. I'm excited for Mean Girls Day. It's going to be I so fetch. Too. But speaking of early bird, Stop trying to make fetch for, happen. If you enroll for one of our classes by the 15th of September, you get $50 off tuition. $50. 50 whole That's bucks. 50 whole 50 American whole bucks. US dollars. That's so, a lot. Of, that's, a, that's a nice check of, chunk of change. It is. That's how much we want you to register early, please. Yes. Sign up for these classes. You'll, you'll enjoy them. They're a lot of you fun. Know, what are you going to do? Sit in the house and watch Netflix and chill with your Aren't chats? You with that, yeah. Aren't you you don't even have to go anywhere. The classes <laughs> are on Zoom. I'm just attacking people for no reason. Look, sign up for the class. I guarantee you enjoy it. Trust me. When I put my stamp of approval on something, it means it's great. I just don't co-sign anything. I don't buy anything unless it has the Eric Walker Jr. stamp on it. Nothing. It's true. Damn right. Look for it. It's like it's like getting FDA approval. You got you have to have the Eric stamp. Yes. So sign up How for the classes. Log on to the website. Check them out. Tell a friend and tell that friend to tell a friend. You know, just mass invite everybody you know on Facebook. Yeah. But seriously, it's all on Zoom. You don't even have to go anywhere. There's no commute. You don't even have to put on pants if you don't want to. Like Shay. Yeah. And while you're on Facebook sharing these classes, should also check out the Bright and Mention page and like and subscribe to it. The Twitter, follow it. Instagram. Hearted. I don't know what the vernacular is for Instagram. Is it follow? You also follow it. Yes. YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the alert bell. Uh, like the videos. Leave a comment below. Uh, oh, yeah. If we're filming this, so we're filming this in gallery view today. So actually, leave a comment below is if you like this view better or if you like the speaker view better. Feedback. I like feedback. Yeah. Give us some. And... Yeah, believe that's all. That's we have the to say. that's the way the cookie crumbles. I we don't have like an official okay, outro. Okay, <laughs> What's the uh? What's the official outro? We well, need we're to gonna meet. have music eventually. Okay. All right. Well, th- we'll do that. Thanks for joining us, yeah. everybody. This has been improv. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Eric. Good night, Take everyone. Care. Have a marvelous night. Good night. Good night.